Hey everybody, it's your boy Lance Bass and you are checking out Spirituality and Self-Love and the Modern World Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share your girl's passion on helping you feel a lot less empty through spirituality. All right, guys. Love you all. Mwah. What kind of stuff do you get in this podcast? Dream interpretation, astral travel, reincarnation, self-care, and so much more. Hi, this is Bernadette, and I'm the host of Spirituality and Self-Love in the Modern World podcast. Please do not forget to share this episode to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and subscribe as well. Okay, kisses to everybody and take care of yourselves. Bye. Hi, Danielle. Yay. I am so excited. Thanks for being on spirituality and self-love in the modern world podcast you look really pretty you're making me very nervous because you look very pretty anyway today we are going to get to know danielle from toddlers and tiaras much much better more intimate than what the tv portrays and then we're going to talk about how she found her career and how she defines happiness after being on TV. And then we will also learn if she's still doing pageantry and what you need to do if you're interested in, in, in going into pageantry, the beauty industry. What are some of the setbacks uh, you will encounter? Uh, and lastly, of course, we're going to talk about toddlers and tiaras, and uh, we're going to get all that uh, juicy scoop. So let's start. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for letting me do that <laughs> intro, by the way. Of course. Absolutely. That was so like fun. That made me excited to hear more about myself. I was like, yes, this is yes, so yes. good. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. I hope we can get through all of them. I hope. Let's let's go. I'm ready. I'm excited. All right. So house life, what have you been up to? So my life has kind of been like a 360 the past like four months. So my grandma, long story short, I had to move to Arizona to take care of my grandparents for a couple of weeks. And then my grandma was doing good. She had a stroke, but she was doing a thousand times better. So I decided to move back home. And then I was offered to be the social media manager for the company that I work for, Beauty Kitchen and Mariana Naturals. And so I was doing that for a few months. I loved it, you know, it was really cool. And then just recently, about a month ago, my boss, Heather Mariana, asked me if I would become her personal assistant. So I've been doing that. It'll be a month in about like a week I've been doing this. And when I say I love my job, like I am so lucky because my job is so much fun. It's something new every day. My boss is amazing. Like I really do enjoy this. And if you would have asked me like two months ago, if I ever thought I would be a personal assistant, I would have told you, um, no, like I, like, I never dreamed about doing this, but it's so much fun. We're constantly traveling. Like we're going to be having some events coming up where we're going to LA and New York and we're going to be going to, um, Indianapolis like we just travel all the time and it's so much fun um pageant wise 
I am thinking about competing in America's most beautiful. It's a system that this is their first year and it's a national pageant in um, here in Vegas. Um, the reason why I'm thinking about it is just because my life is so hectic being a personal assistant. It's a 24 hour, it's 24 hours, seven days a week job. Like my life is around Heather Mariana and I'm totally okay with that. Like that's that I signed up for that. I love my job, but, um, I just don't want to have to get, be new into doing this job and then take away from it to be focused on the pageant. So that's why I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know, but that's the update. That's pretty much all I've been up to. Did you say the name of the company is Beauty Organics? Beauty Kitchen. Beauty Kitchen. And what Beauty led you kitchen. to be interested into, what led you to become interested in working for Beauty Kitchen? So I did not work in high school, but the second I graduated, I was like, I need a job. Like, I decided I'm not going to go to college. It's just not for me. I don't like school. So I was like, well, I need to do something, you know? Sorry, my phone. No worries. Um, I need to do something. As long as so, it's not mine, I'm cool. <laughs> so um, I got a job working at Sportsman's Warehouse. And I'm all things pageants, hair, makeup, like, so being a girly girl. So working at a sporting goods store was not my thing. Gotcha. And then I also, the pay was like, not it. So I was looking for a job, um, like in Boulder city, something fun, something that I thought would fit me. And I actually started working at the beauty kitchen boutique in Boulder city. So I kind of was like at the lowest in the company. And then I worked my way up in the past year to being like, not the top dog, but like, I'm up there. You know, so like I started at the bottom. I know the ins and outs of the company. Like I've done it all. And um, so, yeah, I really just took the job because I love skincare. Um, and I love like making the products and labeling it and like just being involved and like selling it. And just I love skincare. So it was perfect for me. And now that I can work alongside and like watch my boss flourish and come up with all these amazing ideas and like really be firsthand with it like it's cool it's so much fun and I never thought in a million years I'd be doing what I'm doing today but it's awesome and I love it you mentioned that you started from the bottom when you were working at beauty kitchen what are some of the stuff that you do that uh when you were there oh you're still there actually but at I'm still here yeah kitchen. right so now I still work for Beauty Kitchen, technically, but I'm like the owner's um, personal assistant, assistant. Heather Mariana. She's the owner of Beauty Kitchen. Um, so now, like day to day, it's pretty much just like me keeping her life um, like in line. Like I make her schedule. I remind her like, hey, you have this Zoom meeting and then we have to be here by 1130. And then um, a big task of mine is to feed her little Chihuahua Baron. That is like my number one job because he's a picky eater. But thankfully, the past month, he's been eating really good for me. So that's a thumbs up. But yeah, like I just kind of keep her life in check and just make sure that she stays organized at all times, take her places. You know, like I'm, I'm a right hand girl. I, I do. She I sign up. I get everything ready for her. Then I just make her show up and that's it. Like I just I keep her organized. When you first hired, what were you hired for? Social media? 
marketing? So I was first, I was first hired to be um, just an associate at the Beauty Kitchen Boutique. So I was just working at our little store in Boulder City. And gotcha. then um, a few months after that, I went to work at the warehouse that's also in Boulder City. That's where we make all of our products. Everything Beauty Kitchen, everything Mariana Naturals, we make, excuse me, in Boulder City. And then I was labeling products, filling them, making them, um, doing the shipping, like sending out the products. And then when I moved to Arizona for that small period of time, like it was like two weeks. Um, then when I moved back is when I did the social media, did that for about three months. And then now I'm the personal assistant. Did you, do you think you would still stay at Beauty Kitchen if you were not promoted to be a personal assistant? Um, you know, that's a really good question. Um, I am definitely, I love the company and I love everybody I work with and I love the owner and like, I'd such an amazing company, but would I have seen it as a forever thing? Probably not just because I couldn't see myself being 30 and like getting the pay I was and like doing the job I was like, I just, I couldn't see that job is a forever thing but being moved up and being her personal assistant now I like I've told her like since the first week I was like I'm a ride or die girl like I'm gonna be with you like until your deathbed like as morbid as that sounds like I love my job this is gonna be a forever thing the company's going places um it's really like this is a legit experience that not a lot of people are fortunate to get so I told her, I was like, I'm, I'm with you till the end. Like, let's do it. Like I, I'm in totally. But to answer the question, I probably wouldn't have stayed um, forever, but for a long time. Yeah. What would you do if you're, if you, if you were not her personal assistant? I'd probably go to school for cosmetology because I love doing my hair and makeup. And for like when I was in high school, I would do all my friends, their hair and makeup and stuff for prom and homecoming and all of that. And I really enjoy it. But um, I don't know, like just spending all the money and then like being on my feet all the time. Like, I don't know. Like it was like, I'm very wishy-washy. Like I can't make a solid decision of like what I want to do the rest of my life. So I'm just lucky enough that being her assistant approached me. And then I was like, okay, like, this is what I want to do. You know, like, now I'm invested in something. Like, now I found what I want to do, like, as a career. So, a little bit more, a little bit more about you. Uh, yeah. What is your current relationship status? Girl. <laughs> I, um, so I just turned 20 May 19th. So that was like, what? Yeah, I'm 20. What? Yeah. What? And then wait till you hear this one. I've I'm never 37. had a boyfriend. Oh girl, you don't look like That's it. Crazy. I was thinking like 20. But I feel, I don't good. feel like, I don't feel like we're so far apart. I feel like you're just like my home girl. Right? Right? Like I'm an old soul. Like I feel like, I was like in my 30s when I was 15. Like I do not. You have been I, through a lot. Yeah. I can't. I yeah. can't believe you're only 20 years old. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, so I'm 20 and I've never had a boyfriend. 
but I um, am on the hunt for one. I actually have Bumble, the dating app, and I kind of go on there and have some fun and, you know, look for a man. But, um, you know, like, it's just hard because I'm so busy because if I'm not um, working, then I'm oh, I'm always getting ready for a pageant because I always want to be physically, mentally, like, just prepared. So I... If I'm not working, then I'm at the gym or I'm spending time with my family or I'm running errands like or hanging out with my friends. So it's like I feel like I don't have time to completely invest myself into someone. So that's the kind of hold back. But um, yeah, I'm single. <laughs> Even though you are single, what would be your definition of romance? Hmm. Definition of romance, someone that can love me unconditionally, because I know I'm a lot to handle. And I tell guys, like, first thing I'm like, look, like, I um, am a writer type person. I'm all about loyalty. Like, I, if you just kind of want to hang out and like, chill, or you know what I'm getting at, like, not really be serious. That's not going to work for me. But I also know I'm a lot to handle. So if someone can like just accept me and love me for me, even at my highs and lows and like being crazy, like I feel like that's very romantic because like that's like very attractive for someone to just like be with you and like accept you. But that's hard to find, <laughs> especially at 20. <laughs> that's that's hard to find. Do not worry. You have lots of time and don't give up that's right like at 20 years old. Okay. I will. Really? That's. Yes. I know. I was like, please That's do not give up at 20 me. years old. No, no, no. Okay. You have a lot to go. You you could be meeting plenty of good guys. You know, it could not just be one person. There are there's not just one person for everyone. There are five, six, ten, twenty people to to everyone. But it's just exactly. like the the timing. You know, like you want the same thing at the right time. Are you growing at the right time? And you could, you know, it could be like, it's not the right time right now, but in 20 years, in 15 years, in the next year, things will change. So you don't know. You just got to not take it too personally is how I learned it. Mm -hmm. Don't let people who are married make you feel bad about being single is what I've learned. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. That I yeah, that's a very good point. What's something about uh relationships that you used to believe but you don't anymore? That it's perfect all the time. That like everything is um like all the time you're happy like and then I've also learned that like having a fight once in a while like isn't that doesn't mean that doesn't define the relationship. Like when you're with someone and cause I, all my friends talk to me about their love life. So like I'm, I'm obviously not talking from firsthand experience. I'm talking from like what I've learned, like viewing like my other friends and family and stuff. But just because you get in a fight doesn't mean that it's the end all be all just because you disagree on something doesn't mean you guys are going to resent each other. Like you're going to fight, you're going to have ups and downs. But it's also doesn't mean that it's relationship. Like you can still love someone and be with someone, but like disagree on some things or argue. Like that's not the the definition of the relationship. But I remember growing up and like being in high school and thinking like, 
oh, they have the perfect relationship. Like they never fight. And then come to find out like four months later, like they fight all the time, but they love each other. And that's just like how it is, you know, like people fight. Like it's, that's, but if it's, you fight all the time, you're like, obviously that's not good. But like once in a while, like it's going to happen. Like if you're with someone, like that's just kind of, you argue, like we're people, you know? I agree because if you don't fight, you're going to end up repressing er everything and then you're going to end up resenting the other person. Exactly. What? You got to talk. Go ahead. No, you got to like talk. Like when you feel like when you're in a relationship and something upsets you, you got to express it, you know, like you can't just like compress it and not say anything because that's when it gets worse and that's where the resentment comes in like you say like you just got to express how you feel what's your type oh my god <laughs> my t- so I'm actually talking to this guy um and he is like the perfect like if I could like we haven't like actually like met up and like I like seen each other like in person like we've talked on the phone and stuff but He's like six four football player, brown hair, brown eyes, tattoos. Like he is like perfect, like visually for me. But like emotionally, I like someone that can be like emotional, you know, like that can like have a conversation with me and listen and like be intimate. Like and it's, they're not just like a stereotypical guy that like puts up this front of like they're so strong and like they don't cry like. I don't like that. Like, I want to see emotion. I, I don't care if we're watching a movie and there's a scene where a dog dies and you start crying. Like, I would cry too. Like, I want to see you cry, you know? So I feel like, like, the outside, I like, like, a buff, like, macho, like, football player, like, tough guy. But on the inside, I want someone that's, like, like, can relate, like, can understand, like, kind of like a little feminine side if you will like a more emotional celebrity wise if you like uh, if I'm trying to like get a picture who do you think is attractive so at least I can get like a a sense of your type Grayson Dolan who else Grayson Dolan um I mean Brad Pitt of course like come on it's Brad Pitt but okay. uh, Mark Wahlberg I love Mark Wahlberg. Okay, oh my God. okay, I get it now. Yeah, like the brown, the brown eyes, like the mentality, like the like the manliness. I like that. What's something that you were afraid of as a child, but you're not afraid anymore? Needles, and that is so weird to say because when I was young, I I have so I, right now I still I have a heart condition. And when I was four, I was diagnosed with supraventricular tachycardia. So pretty much my heart beats too fast. And I was in the hospital and I was getting um, IVs and the nurse was new. So she kept like pricking me and pricking me and pricking me. And like that kind of ruined me the rest of my life. But then I got my first tattoo and I was 18. And then I like instantly the fear of needles just like went away. Like now I can get like shots, like IVs, like like I, I just got a tattoo last night on my neck. Like I'm not terrified of needles anymore. <laughs> so I'm not terrified of needles, but I will never get a tattoo because I think it would be very painful. It, that's not so painful? crazy because 
it's so funny because the one that I just got, I don't know if you can see it on my neck. It did not hurt at all. It honestly felt good. Like it was comfortable. Like it felt like a massage because he was like doing it. And the only thing that was kind of like a little uncomfortable was when he got to the sea in manic, it was a little, like, it kind of like a little cat scratch. But when he was done, he was like, okay, like go check it out. And I was like, can you like keep going? Like, this is so comfortable. Like this feels so good. Like I love, I love the feeling of like the needle and like the vibration, like, oh, it's crazy. Did he, did the person put any numbing cream at all? No, no, he just, he cleaned the, he shaved it, cleaned it, and then did his little thing, opened the needles, and then just start going at it. And then and I have how this long, How long did it, how long did it take for you to get that tattoo done? Uh, like five minutes. It was super quick. Huh. Do you have any other tattoos? I do. So I have Manic on my neck, the one that I just got yesterday. And then I have Be Bigger on my arm right here. And then my first tattoo is smile now, cry later. It's like a smile with like two dots. So like, depending on how you're looking at it, it's like either a happy face or a sad face, but you can't see it. It's like right here. I'd have to lift up my shirt. It's like on like my side boob, but um, I just have three, but I definitely want to get more. How did you decide what was the artistic reasoning behind your tattoos, especially the smile, the smile more and the manic? So uh, I have bipolar disorder and so does my dad. It's a mental illness for people that don't know. Um, and my first tattoo, the one on my side, I wanted to get for like to the representation of like the highs and lows of being bipolar. Uh, and then, I'm so glad I asked this question. Yeah. Um, and then the be bigger is actually my, um, my platform for pageants and it's mental health. It's, um, be bigger is about like, be bigger than the problem. Don't let the problem be bigger than you, like be bigger than your mental illness. So then that's, I got this one because I, I like tattoos that mean something to me. And then I was just like, it downed on me. I was like, all of my tattoos are like about bipolar, like about like, like the highs and the lows, like I want to keep going with this. And I struggle a lot with depression. Like I have since I was 14, but more recently, the past like six months, I've been very like high. So it's called like for bipolar people, when you're on a high, it's like the technical word is manic. So I've been like on a manic high, if you will. So I decided I was like, this is like weird. Like I'm usually like really depressed, mm. but like the past six months I've been like super happy and like kind of all over the place. So I was like, I'm going to get it tattooed on my neck because not only do I think it's, you know, badass, but I just, I like it. Like I just thought it would like, be fitting because I'm feeling something that I usually never do. So I thought that I would get it like tattooed on me as like a remembrance because I don't know how long this high is going to last, you know? So I just got tattooed on me. Can you describe the experience of being manic? So when someone says that they have bipolar disorder and they're manic, it means that they are right now they're in an extremely happy time in their life. Is right. what it means? Kind of like it's simpler, like a simple explanation. Yeah. It's like, you're super happy. 
But the downsides of it is like, I have a hard time sleeping. Like last night I was up till one in the morning and I woke up at four. So like I have a hard time sleeping and I have a hard time concentrating and like my brain is just kind of all over the place, but I'm really happy. Like I enjoy life. Like everything is so like, like I'm happy, but it's also different for everyone because my dad, like I said, he has bipolar disorder too. And his manic episodes, he just kind of feels like, like super happy. Like he has no problem sleeping. He has no problem like doing anything else. He's just really happy. But then I've researched it because that's like my platform for pageants is like bipolar disorder. So I really wanted to like invest in it. And I'm not sure if you can see, but like right there are my um, certificates in mental health, like awareness, the research that I've done, the degrees and stuff that I have. Yeah. So bipolar is different for everyone. So like my dad's manic episodes will last like a day, but I've been manic for like the past six months. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And like, it's so weird because normally I like, am like kind of depressed. Like I have like really no motivation to like get up and go to the gym, but like, I kind of just woke up like six months ago and I've been manic. Like it's, it's crazy because, um, it's like, I'm just super happy, but I like just have kind of a hard time concentrating. Like I'm kind of all over the place. Like just like my brain just kind of like thinks one thing and it jumps to the next, but I can still function, you know, like it's nothing um, that like I have to like really like it ruins my life. Like I can still function. I still take my prescriptions. I meditate every morning. That kind of keeps me focused and I just live with it, you know? And I'm trying to wrap my thought uh, together. So when you are manic and then do you slowly realize how long does it take for you to become from manic and realize that you're really depressed? Is it like a slow transition or it happens in like the next hour immediately? Can you always uh, uh, predict when you're going to feel that way or no? I, so I'm very intuitive with like my, so this might be crazy to some people, but this is how I believe I'm very in tune with my third eye. So I can kind of like tell like by the weather and like, um, like when I wake up in the morning or like how the day is going, I can be like, okay, like today I've kind of struggled. Like I've just not been on top of it. Like I messed up at work or like, I almost hit somebody on the freeway, like, and then I can be like, okay, like tomorrow's going to be like a kind of a depressive day. And then I'll wake up and I'll be depressed or like leading up to a manic episode. I'll like have a hard time sleeping or like, I'll like be super, super happy. So it's like, I can kind of predict like, okay, like this is what I'm experiencing. And then this is what's going to happen like in the next couple of days. And what also helps, and this is what my counselors told me, is to journal Mm -hmm. and write down, like, every emotion I'm feeling in the date. So, like, I've noticed that my highs are kind of, like, in the summer, like, when it's bright out. And, like, when people are typically really happy is during the summer. But then, like, in the winter, when, like, people typically would get, like, depressed is when I'm depressed. So, it's, like, the seasons affect it. And then like lunar eclipses, like there was just one, um, what, like a week ago yeah. that made me 
super manic like that like yeah. I was really all over the place like I didn't sleep for two days like I was really like crazy I think it was so, either the, in Taurus or in Scorpio if it's the Taurus. most recent one I believe it's in Taurus and that was really hard for me yeah and I'm a Taurus and that they, they really oh, messed me up that means it's yeah. the recent one the most recent one that yeah yeah, because I researched it. I was like, why am I so like like out of it? Like, this is so strange. Like, I've never felt like this. And then I was like, oh, it's because of the lunar eclipse. So I was like, that's what's going on. And how did you know that you were bipolar? How did you figure so, that out? My dad has had it since I was a kid. I've always known what it is because my dad's been very um, vocal. He's like me with mental health. Like, he he's not ashamed of it. If people are like, oh, like, you know, like, what is this? Like, if people ask him, like, my, me and my dad are very similar. So I've always known what it is pretty much because he's, like, explained it to me. And then I was super depressed, um, like, when I was 15, 16. Struggled getting up to go to school. Struggled going to cheer practice. Struggled even eating. Like, my, I was just, like, super, like, sad. Mm. And so I told my parents, I was like, I need to go see a counselor. I'm sick of feeling this way, like. And I would have really bad anger issues too. Like my brother would like spill something and I would be irate for like the next four hours, screaming, yelling, throwing things. Like, I, like that's not who I am. I'm not an angry person. And so I was like, this is not normal. Like I sh need to do something about it. Like I don't want to feel like this the rest of my life. And so went to a counselor, filled out like a 14 page paper of everything I'm feeling and how long I felt this way and who like does your dad have bipolar does your dad have ADHD does your mom have bipolar like just the whole like family like everything gotcha and then I was saw the doctor for 15 minutes he was like after doing the research after looking through your paperwork you're bipolar bada bing bada boom take these you're good to go and then I it took me about like eight months to find prescriptions that work for me and like a routine that fits me um, I take two different prescriptions and I see a counselor once a week, um, just because I feel like if I'm not taking the precautions, if I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm not going to bed by nine and taking my Latuda and Sertraline by eight 30, and if I'm not meditating when I wake up and if I'm not going to the gym before work, like if I'm not staying in my routine, if I'm not going to my counselor, like take care of myself, that's when I slip and get like really depressed or like my mania gets out of control like I can I can slip really easily so it's vital for me every day to like get up at 5 30 and work out and meditate and take my prescriptions and eat really healthy and take care of my fur babies like it's so important for me to have a routine because I'll just like like slip and you mentioned that you started experiencing bipolar around the age of 15. So I'm assuming that it was hormones that, that yeah. got that kicked this that kicked this up a notch. And before that, when you yeah. were younger, there were no symptoms at all. No. Well, I remember being like around toddlers and chairs, like when I was eight and ten. I felt like every other kid, like I was happy all the time, didn't even know what depression was. I knew what bipolar was because I knew my dad had it, but I didn't really know about it. 
like I felt like every other kid. And then suddenly like moving to Boulder City and then getting bullied my freshman year high school, like I that kind of just like triggered everything. And then I just shifted and then my like going through puberty and like becoming a, a woman and like being in high school, like that just kind of like triggered it, you know, like that really like set it up, set it up. And what about the medication? You mentioned that it took a while to find you the right medication. What does the wrong medication do? So it's strange because the I, I could not tell you for the life of me what the prescriptions were that I took before the ones that I've been on for two years are. Um, but I remember the first set, um, they made me feel super like tingly. Like my hands were numb. I couldn't concentrate. Like I, I almost felt like I was drunk all the time. And I was like this, I'm not doing this. Like I cannot take these pills the rest of my life. Went to my psychiatrist and he was like, okay, we'll try these. And then these ones made me super depressed and think about suicide all the time. And I was like, this really isn't going to work. Yeah. So it's like, it's trial and error because what works, like my prescriptions are way different than my dad's. My dad takes one pill two in the morning, two at night. And I take two different pills just at night. Like it's crazy. Cause like, I, like that's my dad. Like we, you would think our symptoms and bipolar would be similar, but they're like complete opposites. And so like my dad, he, I remember, cause we talk about it all the time. Like our experience being bipolar, he told me that he, his psychiatrist gave him this prescription and he's been on it for the past 30 years. Me, it, I went through at least probably 10 different prescriptions until I found what works for me. Because I would feel really depressed or I would be so manic that I wouldn't sleep for a week or I would feel super nauseous and throw up all the time. I couldn't keep any food down. Like it took forever for me to find like what worked for me. And now like I'm good. Like it, it works. By the way, can you see me at all? Right now you're frozen again. Really? Yeah. You see ah, me just yes, I can see you. Okay. Yeah, I can see you. you is it better? Let me pause it. Let me pause the recording and start again and see what happens. Stay there. Okay. Hello? Is that better? Nope. You are still still frozen, but that's all right. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to extract the audio. Okay. Okay. Uh, More questions for you. How does your life compare to how you imagine growing up? So when I was young, I always felt like I was destined to be famous. Like I was going to be a model and a singer and a dancer and an actress and all these amazing things. Mm. And then the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, you know, I'd still love to model. Like my dream is to be a sports illustrated model, but um, kind of more grounded and I'm like let's just focus on my career let's just focus on like buying our dream car in the next year buying a house in the next three years like let's just focus like on making like this happy and this happy and then let's hope the other stuff follows um but yeah like now I'm just kind of like I'm I'm so content where I am like if I ever become Miss USA if I ever model for Sports Illustrated 
that would be great. If not, that's totally okay because I love my job. I love my family. My friends are amazing. Like I would love to get a new car because that thing out there is a piece of crap, but you know, my life's good. Like young me would be very proud of where 20 year old me is now, but it's not what I expected at all. Like I totally thought that I would have been famous with billions of dollars in the bank by now, but that's okay. <laughs> What's something that you would like to try doing, but you haven't worked up the nerve to do it yet? Skydiving. Me too. All of my friends. I'm so yes. afraid of heights. Me too. I'm terrified of heights. I remember one time, uh, this leads into like the skydiving. My brother threw his shoe on our roof and he made me go get it because he was like eight at the time. And I was like, Seth, I'm terrified. If I this is when we lived in a two story house and I was like terrified. He was like, I was freaking out. So I climbed up there and I looked down and I saw like the street and I was like two stories up and I was crying. I was freaking out. I'm terrified of heights. But I love pushing myself. Like, obviously, like I was terrified of needles and now I'm getting tattoos. Like, I like they don't scare me. So I want to push myself. And so I want to go skydiving. Your knees don't get weak when you look down from a tall building? My, like, my stomach, like, I feel like I have a pit in my stomach. Like, I get nauseous and, like, I tear up and I get lightheaded. Like, it freaks me out. Can you ride skydiving? Oh, that's I love roller coasters but when they're going up I like cry and I'm freaking out but then when they go down and we're going and stuff it's like so much fun but um yeah like it's so weird like the get like when I was up on the house getting my brother's shoe I was terrified but like I want to go skydiving because I want to push myself to like not be scared of heights What activity makes you feel most joyful when you are doing it? I love being outdoors, fishing, Mm. hiking. um, Wow, I'm surprised. Fishing, hiking. I love like being outside. That's me and my dad's thing. When I was in high school, Mm. now me and my dad's schedules don't line up. So we haven't gone fishing in months, but Every Sunday when I was in high school, me and him would go because we live by Lake Mead. It's like 10 minutes away. By where? So we would go every Sunday. By the lake? Lake Mead. Yeah, Lake okay. Mead. By the Hoover Dam. And we would go every Sunday out on our boat. We'd catch some largemouth bass. We'd go fishing. We would have, you know, our drinks, our tea, and our sandwiches. And we would be out there for like eight hours. And I would get super tan. That's the plus. But I love being outdoors. It's like in my, like, I feel like I'm one with the earth. And like, that's my time where I can just be myself and like unwind and like all the stress goes away. I love being outside. And I love fishing. I love hiking. I love traveling. Anything outdoors is like my jam. You have been in reality TV since you were super young. How old were you when you first got casted? So I remember being seven when my mom approached me and she was like, hey, like I got contacted for you to be on Toddlers and Tiaras. Like, of course, since I was, I started competing in pageants when I was five. So from that point on. So before the show. Yeah. Competing before the show. Okay. 
Yeah, I was competing in pageants for three years before um, I went on Taller and Tiras. And one of my friends was on the couple episodes before me. And then the crew asked her, like, who would you recommend to be on the show? And she recommended me. And so then I remember doing like a little intro video, like my life and like what I do. And I loved my sass. They loved my arrogance at eight years old. So they were like, let's do it. And I was such a hit the first time with the fruit falling off and she's taking my spotlight. They, they loved it. They loved the Danielle drama. So then I was on it again when I was 10. Was that real drama? So let's get serious. We're friends. Let's get serious. So some of it was totally me. Like the fruit falling off, that was all me. Like I was upset, devastated, traumatized that the fruit fell off on national television. Like that upset me. But the when I was sitting and I like shooed the girl and I was like, I'm done with you. As bad as this sounds, I was talking to my mom. I was not talking to that girl. I so don't even know who she was. I, I don't even know. Who. Yeah. Reality TV is not reality. It is like, no. And then when we did the Where Are They Now, when I was 18, that that was me. Like, I'm very confident. I love myself. I, I'm going to be in this body until the day I die. Might as well rock it and embrace it. But the, you know, like, the whole, like, being super arrogant, that's not me. Like, I try to stay very humble, like, not, like, in everybody's face. But, yeah, reality TV is not what you think it is. It is, they like to get the drama out of you, the tea, if you will. They, it's What are not, some of the things that are manufactured? I don't think I'll be able to tell. Do you remember? Um, like, let me think. When, um, let me think of something. Oh, like when I was eight and they asked me, um, I can't believe you remember. It's my brother. Um, when I was eight, um, and they were like, so what are you going to do if you don't win? And I said that I would trash the hotel room. They like forced that out of me. I remember sitting in there for 45 minutes. And then being like, so what are you going to do if you don't win? And I was like, cry and like, go eat a cheeseburger. Like, I'm eight. Like, I don't know. Like, as bad as this sounds, I never lost. When I was a kid competing in pageants, I was on a winning streak for years. So I didn't know what I would do if I lost. So I was like, I don't know, cry. Like, I don't know. And then they were like, well, you're not going to like do anything. Like, you, you don't know like what you would do. And I was like. I really don't like I I don't and they were like you don't think you would like trash the hotel room or like hurt anybody like they were like getting this out of me like giving me ideas and then I was like oh yeah I'd trash the hotel room like being sarcastic like my whole life I've been very sarcastic like like funny like not like ever being serious and then they just took it they rolled with it and that's what I'm known for is trashing the hotel room when I don't win when <laughs> that's was my your life mom- motto was your mom in the room when you were being interviewed by the producers? No, it was. So when we were filming like the interview, it was like a two hour process when I was eight, 
we were in there for at least two hours. It could have been longer than that, but at least two hours. And it was just me and the producer, like the one that was like in charge of the crew when I was there. And then the camera and then the audio guy and then the camera guy, like it was the four of us. And then my mom was in the living room watching it on the TV the Ah. whole time. And I remember her, um, I remember her talking to me and being like, Danielle, you shouldn't have said that. Or Danielle, like you should have like talked more about that. Like, I remember my mom being like, like, Oh, like I wish I was in there. And it's crazy because you wouldn't think they would let an eight-year-old, yeah. a child, say whatever they my want. Mind right now. Like, Especially at Right? Eight. Like, you would, right? And then I remember, because I was humiliated of how they made me look when I was eight. Like, when I was sitting in the audience and I had my pink um, tutu dress on, and then I smacked the kid next to me, that was my four-year-old brother picking rhinestones off of my $3,000 dress. Like, I'm sorry, whether you like this or not, if my brother's picking at my rhinestones on this $3,000 dress, and I'm about to go on stage, I'm going to smack him. Like, come on, like, you don't pick at my $3,000 dress. So then everybody was commenting, oh, she's just, she's smacking this poor little kid. Like, yeah, I shouldn't have hit my brother. But like, don't be picking at my dress. You're a kid. You're a kid. And now you're my brother's eight. like, I was eight, like, come on. I was eight years old. My brother was like, come on. And so um, I remember I decided from that point on, if I was ever going to be on TV again, I'm going to be like this perfect halo angel, like praise the Lord, like perfect person. And so when they asked me to be on it again, when I was 10, I was like, okay, this is like redemption time. Like, this is when I'm going to go in and like show the world that like, I'm myself, like I'm confident, like I'm fun. I'm, you know, let's do this, but I'm not a brat. I'm not crazy. And if you notice, I got a lot less airtime when I was 10 compared to when I was eight. How come like, I you think- didn't continue? How come they have to ask you back? Did you refuse to come back the first time no, they asked like, you? The, so the first time, the only two times um, that- they asked me to be on the show that is where the times I was on there when I was eight and 10. So when I was 10, I was like, yeah, let's do this. Like, I want to be on there again to show the world, like I'm not this person. And then, um, years go by, I'm 18. And then they ask me to do, where are they now? And I was like, yeah, like, that'd be cool. Like to show the world, like where I'm at, what I'm doing. I moved from Arizona. I have a job, like my life's different. But what sucks is when I was 18, I had a totally different job. I looked totally different. Like I like my life completely changed from the time we filmed Where Are They Now until when it actually aired. So me working at Sportsman's Warehouse and me, you know, like like my platform being about anti-bullying, like all of that changed. And then um, like now... I was saying how I was going to compete for Miss Nevada USA and compete for Miss USA and all this stuff. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to be doing that. Why? So it's like my life. Oh, um, because you're so busy. My you're a personal dream. assistant. Yeah. Right. Because I'm just so busy and I love my job. I want to give my my heart, my soul, everything into my boss that I don't want to take that away. And because when I compete in a pageant, I give it everything I have. 
I wake up at five in the morning. I practice. I do interview sessions with my coach. I walk for four hours. I go to the gym for two hours. I have a strict meal plan. Like I invest everything when I compete in pageants. And so I don't want to take that away from my job. And then on top of it, when I compete at a pageant, when even when I was in high school, when I was working at Sports Warehouse, when I was working at the boutique and I competed in pageants, I always take that week off to get myself mentally prepared. Because being bipolar and like how I said, how I have to have a schedule, when I compete in pageants, I get very like anxious and like, oh, well, this, she's wearing this. And like, I like re I want to like research all the girls I'm competing against, but that's so toxic. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person that's like nitpicks everything. So the week before the pageant, I like kind of lock myself in my room and I'm like meditating and I put my diffuser on and I cuddle with my fur babies and I'm just like in my Zen. And I'm like, okay, like, this is like, this is it. Like you're going to compete in a couple days. Let's get ourselves mentally and physically prepared. Let's think about nothing else. But I don't want to. Sorry, say it again. Are you in touch with anyone from the show? From Toddlers and Tiaras? No. Like, not to be, like, mean, but the girls that were on Where Are They Now With Me, I don't even know who they are. I didn't even know they were on Toddlers and Tiaras. Like, I know that sounds so bad, but the only people that I know are, like, Honey Boo Boo, but who doesn't know Honey Boo Boo? And then... um. Eden Wood. Like, those are the only girls that I could easily name that were on Toddlers and Tiaras. But, like, everybody else, like, I just, I can't remember. Like, the girl that was on my episode, where are they now? Um, The Italian girl. Like, I, I, I don't even know her name. Like, I don't know. Who, I, I can't remember. I was like, oh, I didn't realize they were on Toddlers and Tiaras. Like, that's cool, you know? Would you do reality TV again? I would, for sure. Because I feel like, I've grown a lot. I'm a totally different person. Um, I would love people to see the real me, the the good person at heart that I am, and not the snotty-nosed, arrogant, conceited brat that I was when I was eight, or at least that the TV showed. You know, like, I want to redeem myself and be like, hey, like, this, that's not who I am. What is the best piece of advice you could give a newbie who wants to get into reality TV? Um, stay true to who you are. Don't tell, um, don't let like the crew or don't let your PR, per- don't let anybody say you have to do this or you have to say this or you have to wear this or don't get this tattooed or don't do this, do this. Like just be who you are because that's what that's what people want to see. People want to see real. People want to see you be emotional and people want to see you be who you are. People don't want to see this fake version of yourself. Like real cells. Have and you ever don't please continue? Um, like don't think that um you need to be this person for people to see. Like just be who you are. Have you ever refused to let something be on film? Um, like my personal life with my friends, like there's some things that like we do that like I don't want the world to know. It's nothing bad. Like we don't drink, we don't do drugs, like nothing bad. 
it's just like certain things I just want like me and my like love life and me and my friends like the world doesn't need to know that you know not yet at least like now is not the time like I'm 20 I'm having fun I'm doing stupid things like nothing bad like I said but like I'm doing stupid things the world doesn't really need to know that quite yet do you ever have experiences with creepy men yes yeah I do tell me more about that so I my social media my Instagram is public but it's if someone that I don't follow asks to like they follow me and they ask to message me it goes in my requested list Mm. well I'm so busy at work I only check that maybe like once a month and it'll like stack up with like 20 requests and it'll be all old men that their bio is looking for a sugar baby and they have pictures of money and I'm like honey I make my own money (laughs) like I I don't want an old man giving me money buying me Louis bags like I can do that for myself not only can I do it myself but it's disgusting like I get it more than you would think and it grosses me out like I get like sometimes I like get so grossed out by these guys because sometimes it'll just be like a hey beautiful and then I'll just like delete it like whatever like that's fine but like some messages will get so gross and like revolting that I'll block them I'll be like, I don't want you like, no, that's disgusting. And this was like, some of them were back when I was like 16, like when I was a minor. What about when you were like eight or nine? Do you have social media oh. back then? No, right? No. Um, I remember. Oh, creepy parents? Mm-mm. Other creepy parents that are looking at you weird? I no. would get like parents that would be like, like they're, they wouldn't want their kids to hang out with me because they thought I was a bad influence Mm. but I never got like anything like like gross like that you know like I would like parents would be like oh well she was on tv like you don't need to be around her but um nothing parents like 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 weird you know how did filming toddlers and tiara affected your mental health I felt like the world hated me because I was portrayed as this brat. I was portrayed as this arrogant little biatch. Like I was portrayed as this person. And I would read, like even to this day, like a few weeks ago, I was going back and reading like comments in YouTube videos and comments on blogs that people did about me. And everyone's like, this B word, this little like C word, like all this awful stuff. And I was eight years old. Like you're talking about this to an eight year old. And what would really hurt me is when people would comment stuff about my mom and her weight and how, like, they think she's so revolting. How does my dad find, like, you know, like, just so bad stuff. Like, it would make me cry. And it's, like, why, like, it would really hurt my mental health because it's, like, I'm just a kid. Like, it's reality TV. Like, that's not who I am. That's never who I was. Like, that's, it's crazy to me. The people like actually like hate me and are saying these mean things, not only to a child, but like to someone they yes, don't exactly. Know. That was exactly what I was thinking. You're, you're watching yeah. this video of an eight year old kid. Like I'm I, not only my child, not only do you not know me, like, like, why would you say that? Like, why would you put that out in the universe? Like, why would you put that negative stuff for everyone to see? And it's like, I, cause now the positive is, is I would never do that to someone. 
Like, I don't care how much I dislike you. I don't hate anybody. I don't hold resentment towards anybody. That Life's too short for that. But no matter how much I disagree with what you think or I don't like you, I'm never going to comment anything mean. I'm never going to say anything negative about that person because I know how that made me feel and how that affected my health as a child. So I would never want to hurt someone like that. Like, even if I don't know them, like, I'm not going to comment and be like, oh, that's ugly or, oh, that's dumb. Like, I would never in a million years do that because that just, that hurts. Like, that's not good. Okay. A few more questions before we go. What is your biggest pet peeve? This is so dumb, but my mom has been a cosmetologist for 25 plus years. The correct terminology is you tweeze your eyebrows. What are they called, everybody? Tweezers. What do we do? Tweeze our eyebrows. You pluck a chicken's butt. You don't pluck your eyebrows. You tweeze your eyebrows. And there's like influencers, like big people that are known for makeup, that are known for skincare. And they say they're plucking their eyebrows. And I'm sorry, but I'm like, are you dumb? Like, ew, it drives me nuts. It's like you tweeze your eyebrows. You tweeze them. You do not pluck them. Like even saying that grosses me out. Like you don't, no, you tweeze your eyebrows. And that's it. That's my biggest pet peeve. (laughs) What is the one thing that you believe to be true that very few others do? That everything happens for a reason. I believe that when you are put on this earth by whatever you believe in, by the universe, by God, whatever you believe in when you are put on this universe there is you you are destined for something everyone is here for a reason and when you make this decision or when you don't decide to do something it's for a reason like everything that you do every little decision is going to take you to where you're supposed to be in life and As cliche as this sounds, I do believe everyone has a soulmate. There's 7 billion people in the world. There's someone out there that is meant for you. And that's why I'm 20 and I'm not giving up on finding love or whatever, because not only do I have plenty of time, but um, there's someone for everyone and everything happens for a reason. So that's, that's just what I believe. And the last question is... I'm trying to think something about this year. Okay. What is the best thing about your year so far? 2021. Probably becoming my job, being a personal assistant. Because I am the month that I've been doing it. I've learned so much and I've gained so much confidence. And I finally feel like I'm in an environment that's perfect for me. And it's only going to get better from here. And I'm so excited to see like where this job takes me and where my life goes from here. And I'm just, I'm blessed. Like I'm so happy to be 20 years old and doing a job that not a lot of people ever are going to get or especially now when they're 20. So this being a personal assistant is definitely the highlight of 2021. Yeah, you have so many big opportunities right in front of you. And I'm really glad that you are comfortable talking about mental health today because you really educated me a lot about bipolar. But not Mm. only that, I felt comfortable asking you questions that I don't normally 
feel comfortable asking other people about right. Coca-Cola because it's very, it's very, in, it's very intimate, you know? Right. It is. And it's, I want to, my whole point about the blog and posting about being bipolar and stuff on my Instagram is I want to raise awareness. I want people to be like, look at me. Like I have a successful job and I have a tons of fun family and friends. Like I have this amazing life, but I struggle on the inside. Like my mental health, like it's a battle that I face every day, but that doesn't define anybody. Like I want to be that person that people can come to and ask questions and that people have someone to go to that have my blog to read and be like, okay, I can relate to her. Like, and that makes me so happy that you said that because that's exactly what I'm going for. Like, I want to be that person that people can go to and like ask any question under the moon. Like nothing's going to offend me. Nothing is going to hurt my feelings. Like, even if you ask, like, why are you batshit crazy? I'm going to be like, well, I was born this way, honey. Like I, nothing, like I want to be that person where people can ask any question or have any fear, like just vent to like, I want to be that person. So that makes me so happy that you said that. It makes me very happy that you're on this podcast today. Yeah, I was when you emailed me, I was like, Oh, my God, I'm stoked. I was so definitely another highlight of 2021. And I am so happy. Thank you. And I will let you know when this is posted out, uh, posted up, and I'll send you all the thumbnails and everything in case you want access to it. Yes, please do. I've already had because I've been telling my friends and family and stuff and they all have been asking me about like, where can we watch it and everything. So yes, please send me the info. All right. Thank you so much. I don't Thank want you. to take up any more of your time because I know I took up 10 extra minutes already. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Well, okay. it was nice talking with you. Thank you. Bye. Yay. Bye. What kind of stuff do you get in this podcast? Dream interpretation, astral travel, reincarnation, self-care, and so much more. Hi, this is Bernadette, and I'm the host of Spirituality and Self-Love in the Modern World podcast. Please do not forget to share this episode to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and subscribe as well. Okay, kisses to everybody and take care of yourselves. Bye.